Electricast. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. On this episode of MTP, we talk about if the Patriots have once again become a force to be reckoned with in the NFL, how Matt Nagy still has a head coaching job with the Chicago Bears, and we'll take a look at the big shakeup in this week's Power Rankings. This is Missing the Point, episode 97. Happy Thanksgiving! Alright, how do you want to begin this? Uh, this this episode of television via the ears. I like that. But, well, just like that. Welcome to Missing the Point, everyone. Uh, as DK just said it, television for your ears. <laughs> uh, I'm the real BK, Bob Kelly. As DK Sizzle, as always, our producer, Craig D'Alessandro. Um, probably... So we'll just jump right into it. Probably the weirdest two weeks of football uh, that I can possibly remember. It's been a weird season. Yeah, the past three weeks, man, have been just wild. But with no great one's teams. good. Yeah, no. <laughs> literally, there, no one wants to be the best team. No in the one's NFL. terrible. I mean, there's a couple of people that are a couple of teams that are terrible, but like the usual suspects. But like the one, there's. I remember a season like this. Do you remember? This might be a deep cut for you, but do you remember the soccer season where Leicester City won the league? And everybody was like talking about it because like they were like not good. Actually, it was like 2018, 2019. Yeah, it was maybe maybe a little bit before that. Actually, I think it was like 2015, maybe. I don't know. I, I can't remember. It all blends. But especially post pandemic, my time dilation is just completely fucked. But like the reason why they won the league and it was like a nice story. But the reason why they won the league is because nobody was good that year. Like everybody else fucking fell off. So and like not to take away from their accomplishments, but like they haven't won it since. And like, I think that might be this, this season might be put in the NFL might be poised to have a fucking weird team win the Super Bowl because like maybe the Cowboys, I don't know. I could see it. I mean, I know they're coming off an L, but like someone weird, I think is going to win because everybody at the start of the season. Now you don't think like this now, but everyone at the start of the season was like the bills, man, holy shit. Like they're fucking scary. Like the chiefs, the fucking bucks, like, like the dark horses that are now emerging as the dark horses. We're not the same dark horses we had at the start of the season. And like, it's, I mean, it's been kind of fun to watch because you can actually watch like neutral games and it's not a foregone conclusion because there was a couple of years there where like every time the Kansas City Chiefs played a team, they was, they were pretty much guaranteed to win, which kind of gets boring, you know? So it's like, now you get to see, tune into, tune into games on like Thursday nights. And it's like, there's no really like dud games, like really, you know, it's like, especially right around now in the season when there's like bye weeks, like for all the teams, it's like, oh, great, the fucking, or like the what I always call the all-time worst game. Like the Steelers are pay- playing the Ravens. Like it's a divisional game. Like you guys are gonna love it. I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to watch it be like six, six to, to three. Two. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone gets a safety, another team gets two field goals, and then they like shake hands and all go home. But it's like, I think like every every game has been interesting. Like every time the Titans, uh, I I think are gonna win for some reason, and then they don't. They lose to weird teams. Um, like I know they have a, a big injury, but then like they won games that I didn't think they were going to win after that. And it's like, it's, it's been fun. It just seems like no one wants anytime. So this, this leads right into the Cowboys. Anytime a team has a chance to really take a grasp on that number one spot every single week, it seems like that team blows it. Um, and, and this week that was unfortunately my Dallas Cowboys. Um, so after seeing, uh, the Titans get, 
embarrassed by the Texans at home in Tennessee, which is the worst part about that. Of all teams, too, because like I would have said they were the worst team in the NFL going into that The Texans, week. absolutely. Yeah, them or the Lions. It was close. Um, but Cowboys going, just laying absolute dud, man. Uh, I kind of saw it coming. Uh, this is the first game Dak Prescott has played without Amari Cooper in about two years. And I don't know if you guys remember pre-Amari Dak Prescott, but this is kind of what it looked like every once in a while, where he was just off for some reason, missing throws. Um, and I feel like with Dak, once the snowball starts, it's hard to stop it, which is kind of scary for our future uh, prospects here. But it's weird though, isn't it? Because like I feel like his ceiling, his ceiling to me is like not a Cowboys fan is like very high, and like yeah. I feel like I watch him play in high profile games like like the Chiefs game, and he performs. If you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you know it's like when they played Tampa Bay at the start of the year, like he was mashing Brady throw for throw, which isn't a good strategy when you're playing Tom Brady, but like it was still impressive on an individual level watching Dak do that. So I thought I was, I was a little surprised that he didn't kind of come to play. Like he played exceptionally badly in that game. And I'm a little surprised that he didn't he come really to bad. play considering the stage. It, what what happens with him is he gets happy feet in the pocket too, where once he starts to get rushed, man, he takes so many bad sacks and so many fumbles. That's and like he, a he, rookie thing that he needs to get rid of though. Yeah, like there's no excuses for that anymore. Like you need to just have some fucking pocket presence and awareness, you know? Yeah, and I mean, like I said, once it started going downhill for the Cowboys, I mean, once we start missing penalties, once once there's things that, that happen out of the Cowboys' control, they let it get in their head for some reason. Again, I think that goes back to coaching. I think McCarthy's a joke. Do you really? I feel like, wouldn't you be happy with him right now? Consulting? Yeah, listen, I'm more happy with Dan Quinn. Um, I think the defense sure. played great against the Chiefs, considering, you know, the Chiefs were supposed to be back. We only gave up 19 points after... Looking like we were going to get shredded all game. Um, it just, like I said, the Cowboys had a chance to me to really stand out and and show that they are the best team in the NFL because they beat the Chiefs on Sunday. We're sitting here, we're having a conversation about why aren't the Cowboys the best team in the league? You know what I mean? That's absolutely the cover. And, and we can still have that conversation. But listen, two out of three weeks now for this offense, they've laid absolute fucking duds. Two out of yeah. three weeks against the Broncos. I think they had the great game against the Falcons, which isn't saying much. Uh, and then they come back and lay a dud against Kansas City. Again, like I said, it's without Amari Cooper, without CeeDee Lamb for half the game, without, you know, Randy Gregory, without DeMarcus Lawrence. Like, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. All right. So the Cowboys are very banged up. Um, and, and I don't, was, I don't want to make excuses. They, they, they should have showed up better than they did. Um, I don't think it's, too much of an indictment moving forward. If we lose, if we lose to the Raiders, if we lose to the Raiders, I'm in full panic mode, full panic mode. But as of right now, not quite yet. Let me ask you something because I want to go back to what you said about McCarthy because it's it's strange to me that you say that because to me the Dallas Cowboys identity as an organization and this is not me giving you shit. It's just my observation over the last few years. The Dallas Cowboys identity is to get almost to the precipice of being elite. And falling short. And I feel like, you know, I've seen them at NFC Championship games do, like do exactly that. And I did, last time you and I were on a show together, I did say they had kind of like Atlanta Falcons 15 and 1 vibes, where like there was kind of holes that you could see as you're like as on the offensive side of the ball. I think defensively, I think they're like they're still very solid. Um, but on the like offensive side of the ball. ball. Yeah. And like, you know, Stefan Diggs' brother, which is it's still hilarious to me that that became an actual thing. Um, <laughs> but because uh, I really made funny the first time you said it like two off seasons ago where I was like yeah Tom Brady's cousin <laughs> it's like let's just invite the whole fucking family it turns out he's really good <laughs> um, but uh, but but McCarthy like isn't he exactly the kind of coach you would want with when you have a kind uh, a franchise where the jersey is very heavy I, I feel like there's some weird sort of atmospheric pressure in Dallas where even though they haven't been the top of the pile, they have this mentality, the Jerry Jones sort of mentality of like, we should be top of the pile. Like, let's be the best team. Let's be America's team, blah, 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 blah. And I wonder if that pressure as an organization sort of bleeds down into the players and the jersey becomes very heavy to wear because there's, you know, there's maybe a lot of pressure in the atmosphere in Dallas. And it's not necessarily that the, the the head coach's fault creating that environment, 
But I think McCarthy might be the exact type of guy to lead your team through the playoffs because I've seen him do it first off. And like, you know, as much as like he goes, him and Aaron Rodgers had their big falling out. And like, you're not going to credit Mike McCarthy with Aaron Rodgers' success. It's just like never going to happen. It's not a Tom Brady, Bill Belichick type situation, but he's a pretty calm guy. And like, I think he can handle pressure pretty well, especially if you're winning in at a franchise, which, and this is like, I'm not even sure this is going to come out of my throat. But like in a franchise as large as the Green and historic as the Green Bay Packers, he knows how to handle that pressure. And it's in Dallas, it's a little bit more manufactured, that pressure. You know, it's like if you go to a, an organization and the, no offense, but if you go to an organization like Green Bay, that pressure is is authentic. Like the fans want you to win because they have a history of winning. Like the the, the organization wants you to win because they have a proven history of winning over the last 20 years. That's not necessarily the case in Dallas. I wonder if he can be the one to manage you through the playoffs. Because at this point, you're a playoff team, right? So you just need to start thinking about what your playoff... I mean, unless you capitulate worse than any fucking team in the history of the NFL, which like I would not put it past them. I would not put it past them, again, because of this manufactured pressure that Dallas has. But I wonder, is Mike McCarthy the guy to kind of go, all right, everybody, take a fucking breath. Like, it's going to be fine because you always see them crash out in the first round because that pressure gets to them, you know, or like we're losing games in the playoffs. They shouldn't lose because that pressure gets to them. And I wonder if McCarthy, as much as you don't like him, maybe as a, I, I'm, you know, I'm not sure what your specific grievances with him are. Like maybe it's his, <laughs> maybe it's his, maybe it's, what is it? What are your specific grievances with him? Like as, as a coach, is it play calling? Is it, is it a, a general yeah. sort of like, oh, you know, remember when he should have gone for it, but they punted in Green Bay? Is that, is that the problem? Like what's the, what's the problem? So it's two things. Um, so first is time clock management. He he might be one of the worst. Every the coach league. is bad at that. Yeah, it's but I was just going to say that. That seems <laughs> that seems like a league pandemic at this point. Um, the other thing is inconsistency with those fourth downs. That's one thing that does drive me crazy. Is like there's yeah. certain times where you're like, bro, go for it, go for it, go for it. And he punts it, and, and it's just I don't know. It could be worse. You could be the Bears and you go for it all the fucking time and you have like the worst conversion, second worst conversion right on fourth downs in the NFL. We'll, we'll get to the worst fourth and one call I've ever seen in my entire yeah, was, life. Well, you know what? The, that wasn't, it wasn't even the call's fault, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, so, uh, you know what? Hearing your, hearing your well thought out, um, oh, good. Uh, I, I actually, you kind of won me over with that because they moment, you know, remember that, that Packers year, the, the relax year, R-E-L-A-X, relax. We are going to be there at yeah. the end of the year. And then yeah. they were. Um, so yeah, I mean, hearing that and hearing the winning mentality that the players say that he brings to that team, listen, I, he just seems like such a buffoon on the sidelines sometimes. It seems like he doesn't know what's going on. Um, but hearing your explanation, man, you know, being someone that faced him year in and year out when he, he was playing Chicago, you always had that feeling that McCarthy was going to be able to, to, to take that team to that level. I know a thing or two about the guy, and I think that I always, you know, I think that there's like, um, there's something to be said for like a rival fan base. Like, what are you scared of, you know? Like if you if you were a Dolphins fan for the last twenty five years, you know exactly what Tom Brady can do to you. Like you know exactly what it looks like. You know exactly when it starts to happen. You know you know you just know you know. And it's it's it, that's the way it is. So if you're watching another fan base like go through it, you can be like, listen, here's the deal. This is what this looks like. Now a lot of that stuff is is Aaron Rodgers stuff, and I see you know he's. Still, just it depresses me to say he's still doing that shit to the Bears. He's he's an elite quarterback, you know. He's one of the best to ever do it, um, I guess. But the the, the Mike the Mike McCarthy thing. I had to throw like, that in there, huh? Yeah, I, it's just hard for me to talk about like this, but like I, I'll do it. I mean, it is true. Um, but the Mike McCarthy thing, it's like, she man was like, if a man does not have the sauce, then he's lost. But the same man can be lost in the sauce. That's kind of what it, you know, that's kind of what it is for Love me it. with Mike McCarthy. It's like, I think if he just, it's sometimes he goes a little bit too far. Sometimes he goes a little bit over the top. He makes kind of straight. He gets, he gets a little obsessed with the Mike McCarthy narrative, but I do think the Mike McCarthy narrative is there for a reason. I do think, you know, I think I, I would shudder to think what the atmosphere in Dallas Cowboys stadium would be in a, in a, in a first round playoff game. If you guys went down by two scores, 
I really yes. would because the Dallas Cowboys fan base is is a traumatized fan base. So I've many puckered buttholes, man. So yeah, many puckered yeah, buttholes. Squeaky bum point. time. It just yeah. is what it is. And I and the thing is, is like I know I know across football, across all sports, there's a there's an atmosphere of a winning team, a team that knows that they can do this shit. And that helps the team, and but there's nothing worse that can undercut a team's performance than than the uh, the home fans getting nervous because they yeah. don't boo or yell; they get fucking quiet. <laughs> so that's so. That's if you if you're the other team, you've come into the largest fucking stadium ever built. Like it might as well be on the moon. You're and you quiet that crowd. That's huge for you. So like, I wonder if Mike McCarthy is the guy to sort of be like this might happen like i've been in i've been in these situations like i've done this at lambeau field i've seen it happen like don't worry hurry playing your game keep playing your game especially when you have a defensive team which i'm as we're all still shocked to say the dallas cowboys now are and a ball hawk team a, a team that can go get the ball you're all momentum when you're a team that that relies on takeaways you're all fucking momentum so you're gonna suffer losses like this you know if you can't get it going if you if your offense is isn't doing it they keep fucking your momentum up and sending you back out on the field or like, you know, exactly. three and outs or whatever it is. There's no way for you to win a game. So yes, you can be stifled. Yes, it's incredibly fun, but yes, you can be stifled. But if you have a good head coach, like he'll get that offense sorted out, you know, like he'll, they'll, they'll go back to the drawing board. Like he has like Dak Prescott's not a fucking rookie. You know, he can, he can figure. Yeah. I still think they're a playoff team. And like we said at the start, like nobody's good. So it's like, they're still right in the race to like just emerge as the best team. And that's that's where the positives come for me is exactly what you were saying. It's the defense did show up in this game. Micah Parsons was an absolute animal in this game. He's always okay. good. That's the right. thing. You're consistent defensive performers. Yeah, and they did force turnovers, and you're exactly right. And when we first forced those turnovers, the Cowboys ab- absolutely just gave the momentum right back to the Not Chiefs every single time. And, so and it is. You're right. So as soon as that started happening, I knew this game was over couple positives to come away is Cowboys have three losses so far this season. Two of them are, are two world champion, the Chiefs, Super Bowl runner-up. By combined, I think it was 13 points between them. Um, yeah. So, so like, when you look at it They're that way... They're removing the context of, of the Chiefs not being that team anymore. They might be now, though. You never know. They might, they might be back. Right. Uh, you know. uh, they are in first place, so we can't hate on them too much. They're back in first place. So, like, as much as we're going to... The shift go into that real quick. Is I wasn't buying the shuffle when they were when they beat they beat the Raiders right, and everybody was like, "Oh, yeah. oh are they back?" Yeah. And I was like, "Man, nah, that's I don't buy it." Up, so that's a good question though. And then they only put up nineteen to the Cowboys in a game where the Cowboys were begging them, begging them to put up thirty. They're points not doing that them. thing though. And he was right. still they're exactly. still not doing, they're still that, they're doing that switch right mm-hmm. where was last year this Cowboys Chiefs game. If this is the Chiefs from last year, it's twenty eight. To seven, thirty-one to what if seven. The Cowboys you know? from three weeks ago. You know, I, I'm not so sure. This you sure. know what I mean? So it's like if it's, you know, if so you can you can apply that from the text both ways. Like, I I think to beat a Chiefs team like that, you had a, an off week, but like that's how you beat the Chiefs is you take the ball from them. Like you have to keep the balls out of their ball out of their hands. And like the and yeah, they might not be doing that thing anymore. But like if they're if they don't have the ball in their hands, they can't hurt you. It's the same same thing where it's like you're probably not going to beat Tom Brady. But if you are going to beat him, you need to keep his ass off the fucking field. That's like, right. that's the only way to do it. Same thing. You, the game plan was there. The sauce was there, you know, but like you guys just got lost in the sauce. I love that reference. Love it. <laughs> um, Uchi. So, you know what? We're, we'll, we'll move on from the Cowboys. So I'm just sad talking about that. We, we, we got another game coming up Thursday, Thanksgiving week. This yeah. is the boys week. This is what we do. We come out on Thanksgiving. We. We perfect, so, perfect time to have a free week coming off right. a loss. You know, it's right. like, fuck it. Let's get right back on the horse. You don't have to wait an extra year. You know, it's just like, we want to play again. We want to redeem ourselves. Perfect yeah. time to have a short week. And I do see Dak having a huge game on Thursday. I do. Yeah, he should be um, fucking better. It's bounce back so, time. So where, where do you want to, I mean, we could talk about, listen, the Titans going down to the excusable loss. I, I've seen it. Well, I know they're beat up, man. I know. But listen, this was in Tennessee. There's a reason they dropped fucking eight. Eight spots in the power rankings because you cannot lose to the Houston Texans at home. You okay. can't do it. All you right. can't. And, and listen, if Derrick Henry comes back, yes, they, they they do have a shot to be a different team. Goals and um, 
they've never released AP today. So McNichols and Devon, Deontay, not Devontae, Deontay Foreman are just not scaring anyone. Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback, and you have a beat-up A.J. Brown and uh, Julio Jones that might not come back for the rest of the season. So, to me, I think the Titans are... Uh, I think this week against the Patriots, we're going to see if the Titans are frauds or not. I don't think that they could have been in the position they were in when Derrick Henry went down if they didn't have a lot of other good players other than Derrick Henry. I think the the bounce back they had from his injury sort of to be expected because it's like, oh, let's rally. Like you can you can you ride you the wave that momentum um for like a couple of weeks. But then at the end of the day, like their offense is built around that guy. And it, it, you know, it's like when uh David Montgomery went down for the Bears, it's like you can just find another five foot one guy to like the schemes, he's a good running back, but it's like, you know, you can find another guy to go do that and you can like accomplish your game plan, which is, I guess, to lose. But the uh, Derrick Henry's irreplaceable, so it's just gonna show. And I think that combined with the fact that, like, there's we we're, we're a little used to seeing uh Owen 16 seasons now, and I but I, we have to remember how incredibly rare they are because there is like a certain level of professional pride in these football teams. And, like, there's a couple of good players on the Texans. Like, I know you just listed off, like, the saddest fucking roster in, in, in history. But, like, you know, Brandon Cooks is good. He, he always, he's been having big weeks. He's on my fantasy team. He's pretty, but at the end of the day, like, it's pretty much anybody, right anybody could win a... Ty, Tyrell Taylor's all right. He's not, he's not bad. Yeah. He had a good game. Yeah, he's not. But, like, the at the end of the day, like, anybody can have a fucking, an off week. The Titans were fucked anyway. I think they were fucked anyway. I really do. I like, yeah, they had a couple of weeks of good momentum, but I think they were already fucked. It's not the end of the world. Uh, or yeah. It's not like the, the most shocking thing in the world that I've ever seen. It's like, yeah, they lost their best player. And so first, a small rant about a holding penalty. I've been saying this for weeks, man. For such a ticky-tack judgment call by the refs, it is such a game-changing penalty. And it drives me absolutely crazy, man. It's to me, holding should be five yards. Max. And... The fact that it's on 10 the yards, end of you, the play, right out and the, on the end of the play, Hold it on the end of the play. Why does Be, it have to negate the go whole back to the big bro, bro? It's wild to me how how monumental and motivation bit. or not it's motivation, uh, momentum changing a holding penalty really it's is too it, fucking big. It changes the courses of games. One yeah. holding penalty, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, There's also, I mean, I, I agree with you on that, and I also and I don't have the answer for this, but I I feel the same way about pass interference. And I know they're trying to figure that shit out. Like, I really can see them trying. But fucking pass interference calls can really make or break you. And, like, nobody really knows what pass interference is anymore. Because I swear to God, there was all of last season, the whole turnaround and look for the ball thing wasn't a thing anymore. And now it's a now thing. Now it all of a sudden it is. Yep. And it's just, like, I can, you got to just be consistent with this shit. Like, for example, like, if this might be a good segue into the Bears. When we lost because of a fucking stupid pass interference play by a defender on our team. Like it was so obvious. It was so unnecessary. It was the most like they should play it as a highlight of like, this is what pass interference is. Like he, he, he pulled out his Jersey and then he put his arm around the front of the guy's torso and pulled him back. And the worst part was the safety had dropped in and was about to play the ball. He didn't need to do shit. Like the, the safety had the ball all day long. He ended up dropping it, but like, doesn't matter. He was going to play. He was the only one in that field that was going to play that ball. So the pass interference just boggled my mind. It should be, I think a, like a like a an egregious or nothing penalty, and I know that sucks, and I know that sucks for like put it in the air, like big wide receiver plays, and like I the cornerbacks and the safeties are already at a disadvantage. Like it's just fucking harder to do that than it is to play wide receiver. Like it's just you're, you're reacting to to the fastest, most athletic people on the planet, like making cuts, and it's cuts you have no idea. Like it's a big open field. The fact that a lot of these cornerbacks can stay on these guys is so impressive. You got, you got to, it's got to be egregious or nothing. You got to let them hand fight. You got to let them jump. It's just, it's too much. It, the refs need to just, just back off a little bit. I think a good way to fix it is to do it like college, man. It's not a spot foul, 15 yard penalty. You know what I mean? I feel like you could, manage, you could, you could tactically foul then. 
You know what I mean? Like that's, I think probably they're thinking like you could tactically be like, fuck 50 it. Yard pass, 15 yard field, yards tackle the guy. Oh, 15 yeah, yards. it's like, fuck yeah. it. We can like, we'd rather, let's rather eat 15 yards right now than 45. You know what I mean? It's like that guy's definitely yeah. going to catch that fucking pass interference, you know? And I, I think the reason it can be a spot foul in college is because like, there just isn't some, as much guile in the game and the speed isn't as much. So it, they're just not going to figure out how to do that. And it's also more of a gentleman's game in college. I feel like the stakes are a little lower. <laughs> You know what? Transition right into those bears, man. I can, I can feel it. I can feel it on your tongue. The bears have two weeks in a row were just absolute heartbreakers, man. Heartbreakers. And, and, and in both cases, Matt, they, they even have an average head coach. I think they win both those games. So, you know what? Go ahead. Have the floor. I, I completely understand your dismay. I've been here before, so I get yeah, it. Yeah, there's two, there's two types of, of bad coaching. There's two types of ways that bad coaching manifests itself in a game. There's very obviously bad play calling, which we suffered through for the first, let's say, five or six weeks of, of the Chicago Bears season. And it sounds like you suffered through with the Dallas Cowboys also. And then there's the more sinister type of how, how bad coaching affects a football team, which is, all of a sudden, you're like one of the more penalized teams in the NFL. And the penalties aren't, oh, shit, like that was a bullshit holding call. Like those happen too. But it's like too many men on the field again. Too many men on the fucking field. Are you fucking serious, Matt? You can't count to fucking 12. Are you fucking serious? So all good. It's just like your schemes. That means your schemes are shitty. And like, I don't know. Maybe it's the defensive coordinator. The whole fucking coaching staff needs to go at this point. It's just, it, you can see the players have given up on them. They just got to go. But do you, know, do you know how you know that you're just done with this? Because there's supposed to be 11 men on the field, but 12. No, I mean, you can't count to 12. You can't go 12. There's just 12 guys. There's you come on. the fuck off. That's what I mean. It's like, you can't, you can't, like, if you can count to, to if, if you can count the amount of guys that are supposed to be out there, you should be able to tell there's one more fucking dude out there. You know what I mean? It's like, wait a second. Yeah, I just big, counted to big 12. Ones, two weeks in a row, right? Uh, yeah. And it's just yeah. like, bro, like, that is fucking. And like, I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers have been like coached that way for years and like gotten away with it because they have like some of the most athletic phenoms in, on their offense like that I've ever seen. Like, I feel like Mike Tom has been getting away with this kind of coaching for, for years. Like, just absolute sloppy fucking coaching for years. The problem is, it's been the Chicago Bears, the, the the team and the fan base versus Matt Nagy's ego for the last for the last for this whole season and like part of last season. Whatever happened for him to motivate himself to like try to pull his career around, he's decided that like he fucking knows what he's doing. And like there's there's some humility missing um, in these losses that he's just going down with this ship. He's Ahab and the white whale at this point. And it's like because it's because he doesn't look like a guy who has an ego i think like he's like you look at him and you're like he's he seems like a humble nice humble man like he probably <laughs> lost his hair pretty early you know like i'm he had to he had to figure out a way to get girls to text him back you know it didn't just happen for him i, I see it but then you're like oh you are you're a sinister little fuck aren't you you really just love yourself and this is the matt Nagy show and it's like oh does he is he going to be play like Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels are so nice to him. They're like, I guess he uh, gave away play calling, which is completely normal and fine. It's like, what do you mean? It's normal and fine. That's fucking weird. Like, do we don't know who calls the plays. Like, <laughs> and it's like different every week. And then like Bill Lazier's calling the plays this week. Like, Oh, it's looking a little bit better. It's like, yeah, but like, then I feel like Matt Nagy's getting involved again. Once it starts to go well and it's, it goes shitty again. Anyway, the most egregious thing that he's done is he's, it seems intentionally, he seems intent to not get the best out of our rookie QB that's very clearly talented. He seems intent not to. And he's putting him in fucking harm's way quite a bit. I understand that he our... killed him this past I know. Week. I, I mean, like, I understand that our O-line is suspect and that we knew that going into the season. But Jesus fucking Christ, man. Like, you got to protect that kid. He's going to fight. Like, I just sit him for the rest of the season at this point. Like, the season's over. Like, just fire Matt Nagy. The season's over. Lose out. Get a decent draft pick with three wins. We're not recovering. This season's not recovering. I want Justin Fields to be healthy starting next season with a fucking new coaching staff. That's inevitable. That's the, this, is the, this is the thing that's annoying me about like how we're operating in Chicago. Is the fan base is calling for his head? Did you watch that game actually? The the, the Bears game against that we lost to the Ravens. I did watch some of it. Did yeah. you watch the? Did you notice that moment where he sent the punt team out? 
and on fourth and one and the whole stadium started booing him and then he like I swear, pretended like his headset wasn't working. And he was like, never mind, we're going for it. And then he ran that play that you were talking about, which the was the direct worst. snap to the, the running worst. back. The, wor- the worst part about it was the play was going fine. It was, yeah, a direct snap. You never really want to see that. That's like you press the wrong button, Matt. No, and then but like, like, holy shit, I'm so, running this play. So, oh, fuck. Right. Like, so the only thing with direct snap that always gets me is like, you have taken all mystery out of the equation. All right. right. On fourth and one. The running right. back is not throwing a fucking pass. I'm right. sorry. You know what they're doing. So right. it's just, it's the most blast. The worst part is right. there was a whole lean to the left open and he didn't run that way. And again, it's like, that doesn't like, he's a fucking NFL running back and I've seen him be good. And, the, and like he's and David Montgomery is the perfect example. When he first came into the team, he was really good. Like he had a spark. He was really doing some shit and he's gotten worse. When, uh, when Khalil Mack came into the bears, he was the best defensive player in the NFL. Like, easily the best defensive. It was him and Aaron Donald, and I think he was a little bit better. Now he's, like, fifth. And, I like, this is the kind of shit that, like, he's still good, and, like, you know, he's also, unfortunately, yeah, I know. And, but it's, like, it's, I, but he's, he's also, unfortunately, like, a, a player where it's, like, oh, they're going to put two guys on him. You know what I mean? So, like, his numbers are going to get fucked up from time to time, like, whatever. But, yeah, we're beat up. That's not an excuse. I'm sorry. Your job is already on the fucking line. Like your job is already on the line and like really good coaches figure that shit out. You know, like it's, it should be about what the scheme looks like. It should be, there's no identity in that team at this point. Like nobody knows who the leaders are. You got to blow the whole thing up. And like, I know, I know for a fact, you know how I know I did it in Madden, which is definitely exactly like real life. I just fucking traded everyone for draft picks. That's what you got to do right now. It's, it's too late. There's still some residual value in Akeem Hicks. I know this Chicago fans are like not going to want to hear this shit, but there's still some residual value in Akeem Hicks. There's still some residual value in, in Cleo Mack. Allen Robertson and Justin Fields do not connect, but he still has like a very, like he has a lot of value to just fuck, you know, I know we franchise tagged him. Maybe we, I don't, I don't even know what the fuck we're supposed to do with that, but like, or turn him into a fucking completely different receiver or like try and get something for him somehow, make him sign, sign something. But, there's not this this team as it's currently constituted, coaching staff included, are not the team that we're going to use to um, to win a Super Bowl, which is obviously should be everybody's goal. Um, Robert Quinn, you would keep. He's young, uh, I like and a, like a couple of other key young guys. Um, but honestly, like it's it's over. This this Tell- whole Ryan Pace Matt Nagy era is over, and you got to just move on and, and have somebody come in and try and stamp an identity on this team. Tell me about how it felt to to lose to well, I don't even remember his name. Oh, um, Ty- Tyreek Hunter, Tyreek or Huntley, Huntley, right? Huntley, yeah, Tyreek Huntley. Huntley. Yeah, it didn't feel great, Bob. <laughs> Not great, Bob. Um, sorry, it was inevitable. I knew it. Like I knew yeah, it. The thing. You could feel the it, worst man. part was you know what we did two weeks in a row, and I know this is kind of a punk ass move to do this but like i it's like a little bit of a i play madden like comment i do think i've seen teams do it we gave the ball back to the other team both both weeks in a row with like almost two minutes on the clock and like they had a couple timeouts and then we like blew huge defensive assignments and the worst part is and like i know we've talked about this i was literally sitting there next to leah watching this game going like right before they snapped the ball on that on like one of their big catches like in their last in their game winning drive i was like wait where the fuck at safeties? And then like I was like, the wait, deep, why are, the the one deep play where it was like yeah. third and two, like, they dropped one safety heading, back. I yeah, was man. like, all you have to do is just like deep cover right now, and you're there's one safety back, and you got man coverage on this one guy. It makes no sense. Like it was what third and it was third and sixteen. Something I, like I was that? like, yeah. you put. I was like, you drop you you rush one linebacker, you get your fast linebacker on the fucking first down mark. You pull your you pull one safety up to the first down mark, and then you watch the deep threat. That's like football one on one. And mm-hmm. it was like they rushed everybody and they did almost get to the kid, but like, and they were, we were sacking him a lot of the things. So I guess I see where they were coming from, but like in the context of the game, you got to defend the deep pass. And that's not hindsight. I said it before they snapped the fucking ball. I was like, wait, where are the fucking safeties? Why are they all up there? And then bang, we get hit deep. It's just like, I don't know like as much about, I shouldn't know as much about fucking defensive scheming as the guy who gets paid to scheme defense defense for the fucking Chicago Bears. So what the shit? What's like? How many people fail forward to be running that organization? And she's a sweet old lady, Miss Hallis. When we cut to her on the sidelines, but she's a 
billion years old. And, and I'm not sure she knows what the fuck is going on anymore. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a fucking mess. Chicago's a fucking mess. And honestly, yeah. the franchise, and I hate to say this, but the franchise is, is, is an old one. It's a historic one. It's got a great fan base. And it doesn't deserve that fan base right now because that fan base shows up every week to Soldier Field, packs it out, and they, watch, they give the Bears great fucking viewing numbers every week. And everybody's ride or die with that team, myself included. But every fucking year, it's just, it's egregious. It's, it's, it's negligence at this point. So you know how, you know, Matt Nagy is ancient and just is not with today's NFL. The first two quarters of that game, Fields is in there. The points, nothing. Can't can't use that athletic quarterback. Can't get him outside. Can't utilize that athleticism. You can't. Andy Dalton comes in the game. Yeah. And they look like a completely different team. Yeah, because Andy Dalton is throwing bombs and doing all this shit. Bro, but it's like, how can you bring a, bring an Andy Dalton and look that much better? Because, because Nagy th- Nagy thinks that he, he, we've been playing with our backup QB for the last few weeks. He thinks he got his fucking starter right. back. It's fucking. He, he schemed crazy, in the offseason for Andy yeah. Dalton. He drew up every single fucking play for Andy Dalton, even though he knew, and just like the rest of the world knew, Fields was inevitable. He was inevitable in that in that role, and I bet he I bet he's sitting around going, "Look how much I was right, and he gives us the best Did chance he? to win games. Look how much better he looked Guaranteed. when he was in there." And it, honestly, there was a part of me I hate to fucking even admit this, but there was a part I was obviously heartbroken by the loss, but there was a part of me that was going like, "Good, good. That's another fucking nail in your coffin." Because I know that they suck, right? Now. I've been there. You know, I like I know that they're not good. So like that win would have just delayed the inevitable. So it's like, just, just fucking, and you know what it is? It's now at this point, I'd hate to see him lose on Thanksgiving day. And I'd really fucking hate to see him lose to the Lions, but you lose to the Lions. You gotta go. I you will go to. down there. My damn self. I will fucking drag him out by his baldy fucking head. Motherfucking captain Picard looking visor wearing motherfucker. I hate that guy. He needs to go. He's got to go. It's bad, man. It's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. That was a good, that was a good bears, right? Um, <sighs> You you, you deserve it, man. You do. It's been a rough season for you. And I've been here. I don't know how it feels to have a coach. I'll, say, I, I'll never forget rooting for the Cowboys to lose just so Jason Garrett would leave town. Great. They ended up making the playoffs that year. And I was beside myself. I didn't know what the fuck to do. Um, but yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, so, things I want to talk about. Listen, I, I, we've held it off long enough. Fucking New England Patriots, man. This team, so in this year's NFL, so the reason that they're impressing me the most is every single week, you see these teams who are supposed to be the good teams, like like we've, like we've talked about, the Cowboys, the Titans, the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, all these teams losing games. They have no business losing. Do you know who's not doing that? The New England Patriots, man. They're the most consistent football team in the league right now. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. Week in and week out, the defense, you know what you're getting from them. You're getting Judon off the edge. You're getting JC Jackson. You're getting uh, a Duggar from the safety spot. You know what you're getting from Mac Jones. 75 to 80% completion percentage. You got Damian Harris. You've got these dudes. you got an offensive line that shows up every week. You have a wide receiver core that shows up every week. And you also have one of the best coaches in the league. I'm telling you, as much as we shit on them for the entire first quarter of well, the season. Well, they started two and four. Right. And now all of a sudden they're seven and four. Yeah. And well, that- I think it's also like, you know, some some reporter asked uh, Billy Belichick, how come your teams always do better in like the second half of the season? Or like you always like really improve. And he was like, well, believe it or not, we always try to play well. It's like it's such a fucking non-answer, Bill. Like, the, at the end of the day, like, the way he coaches and the way he operates, I mean, yeah, like, no surprise, Bill Belichick, no fucking, you know, non-answer. <laughs> Believe it or not, we always try to play well, actually. I'm like, you fucking I dude. love that answer. Though. <laughs> but, like, but, like, the thing is, is that, like, that's a guy who, like, come, he's, the way he coaches is he fixes problems. Like, he identifies and fixes problems. And, like, if you have a bunch of really big glaring problems, he, I think it helps him, especially with the guys that, you know, the personnel. I think he can go like, well, this is fucking obvious, right, everybody? It's really easy to, sh- to show what the problems are if, like, you're two and four. And everybody sort of has to buy into what you're saying a little bit more because, A, you're Bill Belichick. And, B, 
Like you'd much rather be a two and four Patriots that turn into a seven and four Patriots because you've plugged all your holes than like a, like an eight and one team that you know has issues. But like, how are you supposed to tell an eight and one team that they have issues? You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I think it's, it's going really well for them. And like it, like we talked about the start of this, the start of the show, it's like, it's such a weird year that like maybe the most on talent, talented on paper team doesn't win this year. And if anybody knows how to win a fucking Super Bowl, it's that fucking cunt. That's, I saw, <laughs> I saw a meme that said, um, if there's anything that travels in cold weather, travels in the playoffs, travels in January, it's coaching, man. And that's one thing yeah. the Patriots have. Yeah. They also have that, uh, they also have the, the, their inclement weather wins on lock so we're coming into the time of the season where it's like very hard to play the new england patriots like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of teams that play in snow and and play in shitty conditions but like bill belichick for whatever reason has i mean i remember when the bears were really good in like the late 2000s um like the 0607 bears played the patriots got fucking spanked and i was like and we just were sliding all over the field like we couldn't stay on our feet like it was just snowing like motherfucker and I was like, I don't understand. Like, we also play in the fucking snow. Like, it's like, we're also a shit, like the middle of the country, like the most frozen and horrible place in the fucking world. We play right there. But like, for some reason, Belichick's teams can like play better in the snow. I don't know if he's running like Coach Carter drills with them, like making them play in their fucking bare feet in the snow or whatever. And they're just happy to have cleats. But he does something. <laughs> he does something that gets, gets him like, gets him going. And I don't know. I wonder if maybe he was given like a lot of rope to that fucking horrible coaching staff he has at the start of the season and then he was like all right reel it in reel let's I, do it my way now i, I don't just wonder. I, listen i don't i don't disagree with that at all because you know you, you're it, it, it's a different team right it since that cowboys game that was they look great, like, they look like what i thought they were going to look like at their best you know like this year right yeah agreed. It, the, you know the idea of like if they if they get it together and if like bill belichick makes this team play, like you could they oh that's like what i was just talking about with the bears it's like yeah there's a lot of talented players but there's no identity at least you could see what they were going for this whole time last season. And like this, you know, even when they were losing, you could see what they were going for. And like, he will bring you an identity. And like, that's, you know, you can't, you can't, there's no metric for that. You can't, you can't really like weigh that up because if you play with, you know, Bruce Lee said, I'm not afraid of the guy who has practiced a thousand kicks once. I'm afraid of the guy who practices one kick a thousand times. And the Patriots are sort of that team right now. They're the team that, they can do five things really, really well. They've of course sort of always been that way, you know. Like they, you, do you remember those? Like Craig, tell me exactly when this was. But do you remember when, for some reason, the Patriots could just Tom Brady could just sling it to the slot when you were in the red zone and you would score every single time? And for some reason, nobody could figure out how to stop it. Like he would just get the snap, like fucking rip it to like Julian Edelman, and he would score every single time. Like in the red zone, two point conversions. Like they did the same thing every time. And nobody could stop it for whatever reason until they just sort of stopped doing it. Or actually, I think like they got picked a couple of times, like maybe they figured out the play, but it took forever for everyone to figure it out. And it was like, it to me, like I remember watching it and being like, what? It's so simple. I don't understand. Just like figure it out. Just like stop it. They do it every single time. Like everyone knows they're going to do it, but it works. So yeah, that's that five yard out. That five yard out. Remember the out? Yeah. And when they're at their worst, like I feel like uh, one of their lowest points last year was Cam trying to run that same play and Edelman fucking coughing it up right to right to the opposing defense and like the guy runs it into the end zone and it's like I guess that plays over. But the you know I mean it's just it's like the stuff the opposite of the stuff I was talking about with Nagy. There's little insidious ways that good and bad coaching sort of creeps into your into your team and like yeah maybe on paper the Patriots aren't the most talented team in the NFL but like. He spent his whole fucking career getting guys that he drafted in the seventh round to look like first rounders, but he also had Tom Brady. So the question was, can he do it without Tom Brady? It's like, I mean, probably. <laughs> it's like, why, 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 why wouldn't he be able to? I, I guess is the question. Um, I was hoping he was a fraud, you know, just because like He's I not. like to see, I like to see my friends in pain, like me. But, uh, but he's not. He's a really good coach. So there's even- a universe where after this week, right? The Patriots could be the number one seed in the AFC. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a week. weird season, bro. If, if that season. happens, if the Pats end up with the one seed in the AFC, look the fuck out. I don't yeah. care what their home record is. I don't care. The Patriots in January in New England is not a team that you want to play. Listen, no, coming, from, coming from the biggest Patriot tater there is over the last 10 years, I've, I've been to Patriots games in Foxborough in January. 
And that is an impossible place sure. to win. Sure. The only time I've seen it happen is teams is when Brady's just off his game or things like that. But listen, I don't mean to say that Mac Jones is better than Tom Brady because he's not even fucking close. But they're not going to let Mac Jones throw three interceptions in a playoff game. They're not going to let Mac Jones give a pick six to the Titans to win the game. It's just not going to happen right. with this team. This is a, a ground and pound Patriots team. And honestly, those are some of the most dangerous Patriots teams because you're not going to get mistakes off them. Um, and if JC Jackson... I feel like the first Patriots team that we saw right. when it was like... Yeah, if that 2001 Patriots Dillon, all over yeah, again, yeah, man. Yeah, like, that's... It's fucking so aesthetic. <laughs> and if you look, so I want to go through the AFC, right? Okay. So right now we have, so fifth place, Bengals. Patriots are better than the Bengals. Fourth place is the Chiefs. Bengals are better than I thought they were going to be, though. Agreed. Agreed. But fourth place is the Chiefs, right? Then they we can go the either way. They can right, be that can go, go either, either way. way. You never know what team you're getting. The Ravens, you don't know what more Mario you're getting. Yeah, um, well, that's no, that's gotten weird, right? Like, what the fuck is up with him? Like, he's, like, very, very talented. Like, very, very talented. Like, provably good. But is he a weirdo? Like, what's going on there? Like, I know he was, like, sick this week or whatever, but, like... He does get sick He got COVID, like, three times. Right. Yeah, there's always something weird going on. He needs to go see a gastroenterologist or some shit, or, like, an ear, nose, and throat guy. One of those, like, specific doctors that fix that shit that, like, an an autolaryngologist. Yeah, somethingologist. Go see an ologist. <laughs> Go to the ologist center and see an ologist. But then you have number one seed team we already talked extensively about, Tennessee Titans. So yeah, they're dropping like, off. You know listen, they're dropping the, off. Those top teams. Uh, in a game against the Patriots, I see the Patriots being favored against every single one of those teams. And I yeah. think to me, that is a terrifying fucking thing for the NFL. Yeah. It's gone from beginning of the season, me being able to shit all over the Patriots. And it was amazing. Yeah. It was like, fuck the Patriots. Fuck the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh my God. Fuck I will say Patriots. like, you know, oh, a lot of what the, happened? You a know, lot of the diehard Patriots fans that I know, like my closest friends that are big Patriots fans were like pretty calm. And like, I really thought that they were going to be like Nancy's about it. Like, oh my God, the fucking, you know, the, the London is burning. Because it's, that's the same fan base that likes the Celtics. That's the, that's the same people. For, for, for so whatever we, reason, well, how big the disparity is? For whatever reason, like the you know, I mean, there are, we we've dissected the reasons, so like you know, why this is the case. We've talked about this ad nauseum, but the fucking Celtics lose a game and like, the, the, there's people pitchforks torches Just, take a left from Frankenstein House. Miodoka should be fired after four yeah, games. Lights the fucking TD Bangworth Garden on fire. Um, sorry, showing my age there, calling it the TD Bank North Garden. Um, but the uh. But the, I just think like, I, yeah, I just, I, everyone was pretty calm about it. They're like, ah, oh, Bill Belichick, they'll figure it out. They're getting there. You know, like they're building an offensive identity. Like they're doing this, they're doing that. I thought it was like a worse, maybe I'm old. And it, it, whenever there was a, there's a QB crisis, your team's fucked in my head. But maybe in New England, it's different. And like, maybe there wasn't a crisis there. It seemed like Belichick was just sort of like, I mean, we were all sitting around like assholes speculating, well, Cam runs the offense and does this and da, 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 at the start of the season. And then Belichick was like, I was always going to start Mac Jones. It's fine. Yeah, listen, <laughs> you say we all. There was, to me, to me, there was I never wasn't, a I wasn't either. I know. Yeah, I, I know either. you weren't, but every, I know all New England was, but there was never. If you watch these two dudes play football, yes, Cam has been awesome the past two weeks, but you watch these two play football. It is egregious. For anyone to say that Cam Newton is a better quarterback than Mac Jones, fucking egregious. Yeah, he's not. It's been that way since week one. Um, you look at the throws that Mac can make. Bill in Carolina right now, though, he is. He is, but but Cam's not making big boy forty year old or forty year old forty yard back shoulder throws into the end zone. I'm sorry, it's just not fucking happening. Yeah, I promise you, Cam Newton with this Patriots team is not seven and four. I can guarantee you that he is not completing eighty five percent of his passes. You know, and you can't have a ball control, pound it down in your throat offense with a dude who th- completes 50% of his passes. You can't do it. I also you feel need like Mac a quarterback Jones, like Mac Jones to have this offense. And yeah. He's the perfect guy to run the show. He's, I also he's feel like awesome. Mac Jones understands the play, the playbook a lot better. I think that yeah. he like, I think Cam was like, yeah, yeah, I get the gist. Like, I just think he's that kind of player. I think he could rely on, <laughs> he could rely on a lot of 
on a he's lot Superman. of this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he was a very fucking athletic and very talented quarterback. Like, you can't take that from him. Like, he was very, very good when he was good. Um, and I think maybe he still thinks he's that guy, which I think you should have that attitude if you're a fucking stud quarterback. Like, you should think you're that guy. But I just think Mac Jones was like, Jesus Christ, I better learn all these plays because he's a rookie and he's like coming in like uh, scared out of his mind. And he's just, just like looking at Bill Belichick, who was as old as Bill Belichick is now. He was the same age when Mac Jones was like five. So like, you know, he's just always been an old guy to him. So he's looking at him like, Jesus, OK, dad, like I'll learn all the plays, you know, and it's just like and he's like scared and just he could, he's, mold, he's malleable, he's moldable. Like with Cam, he got all Cam's flaws. Like, I don't care how good you are as a coach when you're Bill, Bill Belichick. Cam, Cam's going to be Cam Newton and any quarterback his age that's played in the NFL for this long as try as he might to, to work out his idiosyncrasies and be a different kind of quarterback and fit the system. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he tried his ass off. I'm sure he gave it everything he got. He seems like he's a hard worker, but he's still, that stuff's in the DNA now. There's nothing you yeah. can do. When the shit breaks down, Cam's taking off. Yeah. He's taking off 100% happen. of the time. That's what's going to happen. And when the shit breaks work, down, yeah. Mac Jones hangs in there, makes the 15-yard throw, and takes the fucking hit. Yeah. Because that's what the system calls for. Yeah, Mac Jones is a great quarterback for Bill Belichick, man. He really, yeah. Is. And you see, you see it now that we've gotten ten. What are we? Eleven weeks? In, are we eleven? Jesus Christ! And it is eleven weeks into the season, and it's very evident. You know what I mean? As much as a pain, Mac Jones is also very lucky that Bill Belichick identified him and then drafted him because, like, he's very lucky he fell there. Listen, yeah. if, if we go back and do a redraft, Mac Jones does not make it to pick fifteen. Yeah, but like, he doesn't. He also then doesn't perform as well as he's performed this season if he's at, on any other sure. team. Like, look at the, uh, look at, look at what fucking Nagy did to poor, uh, Mitch Trubisky. You know, and now, like, you know, he's sitting as a backup wherever the fuck he is. And, and I think he's played a few Buffalo. snaps. He's looked all right. Yeah. You know, he's looked all right down in Buffalo. And it's like, I don't know what happens. Like, I don't know if he's good or bad or like what he got, you know, but like maybe he comes in and the most important thing for a rookie quarterback is like, you're, your scheme, you, you fit your scheme yeah. and your coach is like making you into a better quarterback. Like that's you and your coach are going to have a very special tight relationship where he makes you into what you're going to be for the rest of your career. And like Bill Belichick did build the greatest quarterback in the history of the games. <laughs> you know, it's like as much as like Tom Brady, Tom Brady and who's whose responsibility was it? Like whatever. It's like he was a scared fucking, you know, 199th draft pick at one point and Bill Belichick deserves some credit at least for turning him into the goat i think so yeah you're lucky you mac jones congratulations yeah right um it's enough it's enough about patriots you know what i as much yeah, as i love those guys talking to <laughs> Wait, patriots up, they can you. go fuck themselves i have a yeah, question go, for you right, honestly go, go like do, do, have they retained the fear factor though like are they still like say let me give you give you a hypothetical the cowboys emerged from the nfc they in a in a crazy repeat of game one of the regular season they play the Tampa so Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Championship and like they fucking they have a shootout again and like you know you, just me you guys just happen to have the ball last and Dak makes it happen and you win the game and it's like 44 to 41 and you go on to the Super Bowl after like a big bouncing win like that are you shitting yourself if you see the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl because no. it's the New England Patriots or are you like oh my god it could have been so much worse it could have been the Chiefs it could have been the Bills I'm so glad that it's the Pats like how are you thinking about it man what a loaded question um, I want you to take that, Craig. If you don't mind, take that exact snippet, send it to Mike, and also send him Bobby's answer because I know what he's about to say, and I know it's going to make Mike so angry specifically. <laughs> so this is so going to be no, I, I don't because a we've already beaten them. Um, b the different only version of them though, different version of them. Though. It is it's the same version. It was just the beginning of this version. Same right. version, first game of this version. Um. No, they don't scare me as much because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. In a Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, so if we're like at fifth grade math, right? The the alligators eating Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is greater than Mac Jones. No doubt about that. <laughs> um, but, but, Bill Belichick in a big game will always make me shit my pants. Right. It, it's the same thing where it's Bill Belichick, Mike McCarthy, alligators eating Bill Belichick. So, you know what I mean? It's it, it's give and take. Where I do, it's a very good visual uh, representation. Like that it was good, happen. right? So I I do think that yes, I, I I as much as Mac Jones doesn't scare me in a Super Bowl game because he's a rookie quarterback. Regardless how lost he's playing, he's still a rookie in the Super Bowl. 
Bill Belichick will always make me chip my pants, no matter when we're playing them, where we're playing them, what game it is. He, he can outcoach anyone else in the league, where you'll leave that game being like, we outlaid them. How is this possible? Yeah. And that's Bill Belichick for you. And that's why I, I don't think there's a team in the league when the Patriots line up opposite against them in the playoffs. They're not going to be like, oh, God. Right. How, how, how are the, how is he going to beat us this time? And I don't think there's a team in the league that, that isn't going to be thinking that. However, I do think our defense, like they did in New England, would force a few turnovers against Patriots. So I, I still would take the Patriots over the Chiefs. You know, we're, you could, you I could still would take the Patriots over. Right now. That'd be crazy. I think the Chiefs are the only team that would scare me more than the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I really do. It, it, it's I Chiefs, thought you were going to be harsher on the Pats. I really did. I thought you were going to be like, I don't fucking, I'm not fucking scared of them. No, they um, won me over, man. They did. Because, listen, this week, it's huge for them. If they... If Tennessee comes in New England and the Patriots can beat them by like 10 plus points, that team is for real, man. And yeah. we need to be scared of them. I don't I, know, I, though, because like our Tennessee for real, they lost their best player. Like, I don't know if it really says as much as you're saying it says to me. I think they're it, like, they're it does after how they've worked recently. Six in a row and then beating the team that is the number one seed. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care who, who's not on the field, who isn't on the field. Number one seed is eight and three. You know, eight and three is eight and three. So, yeah, I don't know. know. Uh, You heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Bobby says that Bill Belichick is the Chipotle of the NFL. He always makes you shit your pants. (laughs) Can we talk about the Celtics for like like 10 seconds? Can we just like, can we just do a little Celtics chat? Yeah. Should I do my power rankings first real quick? Oh, yeah. I forgot about the power rankings. Let's do those. So we'll get into the power rankings because it kind of is a good segue from the Patriots real quick. Throwing the back, backwards seas <laughs> cap on it. Huh? Um, Ken Chargers. Um, Justin Herbert's a, a maniac. He looked great on Monday night. Can love Austin Eckler, um, bro. Yeah, and Eckler, Eckler's he a man. Like 40 points for me and like they enabled me to beat your dad at fantasy football when I didn't have a quarterback in. It was pretty impressive. That is impressive. I <laughs> knocked him at, knocked me above him in the playoff race. So I You're appreciate welcome. that. You're welcome. Um, you better beat Leah this week. Don't, don't, no, no home cooking, please. I don't need you to be benching anyone. Fuck that, dude. Right. After that Steelers game, there's no, no, there's no more home cooking. <laughs> there's no remorse in this house. No insider trading <laughs> going on here. I mean, we sleep in separate bedrooms now. Her <laughs> <laughs> bedroom's all Pennsylvania. Mine's called Illinois. And for the, for the most numerous times in the world, it's all Big Ben's fault. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, he sucks. <laughs> he sucks at football and consent. Other, yeah, there we go. Thank you. That was the innuendo I was looking for. Ka-ching. Um, number nine, Titans. Worst loss I've seen in a long time. Um, it won't be in the break. Actually, you know what? Longer. Second worst loss I've seen in a long time. Was it 42 to 15 against the Colts at home? Is Colts one of the worst losses. Yeah, but you can't do that at all. You can't lose 42 to 15. Colts have something about them. I got something about them. They could be a team next year. I really think they might, they might be going the right direction. Um, Eight Ravens. Listen, I, I don't know what the fuck this team is. I really they're weird. They're, 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 weird. they're so perplexing to me. They lose to the Dolphins, but then they beat the Bears with their backup fucking quarterback. Started to get. That was but the Bears' I, fault. That wasn't their fault. The Bears, the Bears did that. They're, they they, so, they had their destiny in their hands. I don't know what the fuck is up with them, so I just put them at eight. There's, they're a top 10 team, no doubt. Well, I don't know how far they can go. Yeah, it's weird. Seven, the biggest dropper of the week besides the Bills, uh, my Cowboys. Embarrassing, man. Only put up nine points against one of the worst defenses in the league. I don't care who's out. I don't care if I love you to death. You need to do better than that. An average game from the Cowboys. It would beat the Chiefs there. To if that's, your, if that's what your offense is, then you're fucked. Yeah, but I don't, we're, I don't, we're, know, if it, I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is. All right, six. Only because they beat the Cowboys. I couldn't put the Cowboys above them as much as I wanted to. We had the Chiefs. Again, I don't know what they are. This is a weird NFL year. I don't know what the hell they are. They could be the Chiefs we know and hate once it comes January. We'll see. But know. they do, understandably. Yeah. yeah. All year, man. All year. I think uh-huh. they were at they were at one or two to start the power rankings, and they dropped all the way out. Now they're back well, up that's to what I was going to say. They do, have, they do have the ability to, understandably, jump up and down the power rankings very easily because, well, up the power rankings very easily because it, it, any day now, it's they the could just become the Chiefs again. Right. And, you know, it's all the same guys. So it's like, it, you Literally know, nothing has changed. 
it's just a Super Bowl hangover. It happens to literally everybody. Like, there's, uh, no, I don't think there's ever been a team that lost the Super Bowl and was like very, very good the following year. And yeah, I can't think season. of one. I can't think of one. Not even um, the Patriots could do it. They needed a, they needed a fucking recovery year. Every yeah, time. Oh wait. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bucks five. Um, they blew out the Giants. Giants suck. Fired Garrett. Clapper. Um, I the Giants mean, are not good though. Like you can right, play so I mean, coordinator if you want, but like honestly, the Bucks moved up as a case of everyone else losing. Um, there wasn't anyone in the top five last week except for the Cardinals that won. So I mean, they're still getting the job done. You know, you can't you can't fault yeah. them for that. Uh, four, we talked about it extensively. I just think they're one of the best executing teams in the NFL right now. Uh, New England Patriots. I can't believe they're at number four. I can't believe I'm saying that considering where they were to start this season, but they are honestly the fourth best team in the NFL right now. You know, and, and I really do feel like that because in this year's NFL, consistency is key. And there's one team all year when they play teams that they should beat, they beat. That's the Patriots. Um, three Packers. They lost a close game against Minnesota. I don't know if Minnesota's as bad as everyone thinks. I'm really not sure about them. Um, DK, you know more about the Packers. Is three too high for them? I don't. I don't really know, man. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I can't gauge that. Dropped, you should have dropped them out of the power rankings just because, just for the performance of the state of Wisconsin this week. Just like the fucking state, he just like set the country back twenty fucking years. So like, just drop them right out of the fucking power rankings. We find that's twice. That's twice in the past five weeks. The Packers have sent us back thirty years. Yeah, it's um, bad. It's bad. Now, I mean, they're good. They're a good team. You know, Aaron Rodgers is obviously a good player. I'd, I'd hate to see him get a second Super Bowl, especially as he, like, just, like, perpetuates the myth that Joe Rogan isn't fucking mentally ill. <laughs> but, like, whatever. You know, I fine. Uh, sure. They're good. They're a good football team. It It is what it is. I, I wish I wish that beady-eyed homeless man would like not win another Super Bowl but like they do look like they could do it so I hope it doesn't happen I'm I'm cheering for the Cowboys more and more as the weeks go on love it love it uh two the best week to ever be on a bye the Los Angeles Rams um, they're solid though they really they are. are solid everyone around the wants they're the only team besides the only team that I just said this so they're one of the only teams in the top 10 that did not lose this past week um, and like you said, they're solid all around. There's, there's not a weakness on this team. You know, however, in the wide receiver core. How, however, go ahead. I will say this. The, who did they play last week before their bye week? I watched that game. Uh, they lost to the Titans, right? They lost to the Titans, right? Yeah. And I'll tell you what I witnessed, which I've seen a little bit of Matt Stafford on, on the Rams and I've like, you know, seen the stats and stuff, but I used to watch him a lot more than I do now for obvious reasons. Cause he played for the Detroit lions. And uh, he's still got all the same problems. And like he he just there's just a new division that needed a little while to figure it out. But like I saw shitty Bears teams get him off his rhythm and have him lose games. And like it seems like maybe they've got his number in that division now Um, or in, you know, just it's sort of in like his opponents in general. Now that they've seen him in that offense, Mm -hmm. Um, Matt Stafford's I'd be very surprised if Matt Stafford retired with a Super Bowl ring. I really would. You 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 get in Stafford's face, you fuck him up. Yeah, he That's just. Really I, I'm not saying he's mentally weak. I just think that the kind when he's for him to be good, he needs to. He's a rhythm guy, you know. Like he needs. He's a volume shooter, you know. For for lack of a better term, like he needs to just he needs to be hitting. He can he'll go, he'll he'll complete you 35 passes and win you a game. But if he's gonna do that, he needs to throw it like 60 times. And he's the you know, average think, of the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, exactly. It's like if you if you can sort of he's like, yeah, he's like Eddie House, you know, um, <laughs> but it's like you got to get him. You got to get him off his rhythm. And it seems like teams are doing that. The weird, weirdest part is the team best equipped to play against Matt Stafford is actually the Rams defense. Um, and like he has to play, you know, he has to scrimmage against them every week. So I wonder if that's helping him. But like he, he looked like the same guy to me last time I saw them lose. So we'll see. We'll see yeah. if teams can put that together. I don't know. He, I think he's a phony. Hit a number one by default again. The the Cardinals, man. Um, they're they, weird. They, fuck, they're weird as fuck too, though. Still, right? They're, yeah, they're was like, like I get told you. They're night of cocaine waiting to happen. They're either <laughs> going to be the funnest, most amazing team that you watch, and you will have so much fun watching them, or you're going to be crashing down on the earth, and you're going to hate your life the entire fucking time. There is no. Gonna in tell us a lot. 
the playoffs are going to tell us a lot. You they know? really are. Man. Whatever happens in weird NFL seasons, like the playoffs are when, you know, when the, when the buck stops, when like the chips are down for whatever other fucking generic sports terminology you want to use, like you're going to see who's actually good and who isn't. And I don't know if we're going to figure that out in the regular season. Yeah. Wait, I know. have to say, this has been the hardest. Listen, we won't even be doing it two years. So like compared to last year. <laughs> of all the years. we've been this, doing this has been the weirdest power rankings year every fucking yeah, week, man. I, like I just look at these teams and I'm like, honestly, I could just throw all 10 of these teams out of dartboard. And rank them in any way, and people would be like, "That's oh, why, like the that's why the yeah. arguments have died down." Like, I feel like we've we always There's, used to argue about the. You power can't argue anymore because like, like I don't whatever. Know. <laughs> I'm like I don't know either. So <laughs> it's like no, you fucking man. tell me. The last like, three crazy. or four weeks, like you said at the beginning, like the last like three or four weeks, I've looked at the power rankings and been like, "Sure, yeah, why not?" <laughs> yeah. It makes no fucking sense anymore. I don't envy you doing them. The NFL was drunk. Into the entire 21 season. And you can't even blame COVID anymore. The NFL is just well, fucking it's like COVID, It's like COVID hangover year, right? Yeah. Um, so that, that's good for football. Before we get to the Patriots, I'm about to piss my pants. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back Podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. 